And greetings, everyone. This is Terry Naturally with another edition of Terry Talks Nutrition. We're here every weekend, same time, same station. And if you think we could help someone else, tell your friends, family, anyone that you think might want to improve their health, reduce a disease, reverse a disease, cure it. Absolutely. We talk about food, which is your best medicine. We talk about supplements, which fills in the gap for the food that you're eating. Because really, actually, the food we are eating today, much of it is ultra-processed, which causes many other diseases and side effects. And even our natural food today, can you believe it, is not as healthy and nutritious as it was 50 years ago. In one study, it showed that we would have to eat eight oranges today to equal the nutritional value of one orange our great-grandparents ate. Eight times more food is required in some cases, to give you the nutritional value of just one orange. We are up against, well, I guess we're between a hard place and a rock. It's hard to be healthy. It takes discipline. It takes a challenge to be healthy. But, believe it or not, you can be more healthy. There's no reason why you can't. You just have to make some changes. Dump the sugar. Drastically reduce the carbohydrates, which eventually will be sugar in your body. Carbohydrates have to convert to sugar to be metabolized in your body. So all that bread, pasta, cakes, pies, cookies, you name it, noodles, whatever, all carbohydrates. There are no essential carbohydrates. There's essential proteins that we need every day. There's essential fats that we need every day. We don't need any carbohydrates any day. No matter who you are, where you are, what you are challenged with, Nutritionally, you can change. It's a matter of choice. Make better choices, you'll have better health. So we're here every weekend to try to encourage you. So today we're going to talk about some great topics. Our featured topic today is red ginseng, an adaptogen that has been used for thousands of years. It is held sacred in many countries around the world. And then, I think it's very important that you take inflammation seriously. And I have a whole different take on inflammation. Inflammation is not the enemy. It's your friend. And we see all kinds of books, articles, even Time magazine said you've got to reduce inflammation. 
So there's drugs to reduce inflammation. There are natural supplements to reduce inflammation. But first, we have to get to the point where we find out why you have inflammation and stop the cause of inflammation. Not just to reduce inflammation, but find out why you have inflammation and then trace it back to the cause as to why you have inflammation. And then we're going to talk about the effect of high blood sugar on your health span, your lifespan. And you know what? You are probably not getting enough vitamin D. D like in dog. It's a powerhouse of health and nutrition. It's so important that the body makes vitamin D under the right perfect conditions. We don't have those right perfect conditions. So we don't make a lot of vitamin D internally. So you have to take it as a supplement. And we have been so misled about the amount of vitamin D we need that it's about a zillion times more than what they thought several years ago. And why do you need magnesium? Not manganese, magnesium. And I'll give you three reasons why. Have you ever tried drinking raw milk? It is so much more nutritious for you. But there are so many states that are afraid to allow you to drink raw milk. They ban raw milk. Think of the child that was given pasteurized breast milk. That child would not do very well drinking pasteurized breast milk. Sounds crazy, doesn't it? It is crazy. But they pasteurized cow's milk, goat milk, to kill all the bacteria. Well, the milk itself will kill all the bacteria because there are enzymes in milk that destroy the bacteria. But the pasteurization kills the enzymes. Go figure. So let's talk about red ginseng. I love red ginseng. It's one of my favorite products, and I really make sure that I take it every day. So what are the health benefits of red ginseng? And what is red ginseng? Have you ever heard of white ginseng? Well, white or red, whether it's white or red, comes from the same species, Panax ginseng, Panax Meyer. And you know what Panax means? It's the Greek for cure-all. Because it is so sacred, it is one of the most powerful medicines in the Asian countries. Now, white ginseng contains jacinocytes known as the active components of ginseng. But in order for us to get the best benefit of these jacinocytes, they have to be converted in our gut to what are known as the rare noble jacinocytes. Now, 
We don't know if we convert them. How do we know we convert the classic to the rare noble? Well, when they steam the white ginseng, or otherwise cook it, not in a damaging way, but steaming it, which is the traditional method of creating red ginseng. Because when you steam white ginseng, it turns red. Actually turns the color red. And this red color, red ginseng, because of the steaming, creates a higher level of the rare noble jacinticides compared to the classic. Now, cooking is not bad for vegetables. You get more food, more nutrition, more vitamins and minerals, more molecules out of cooked vegetables than you do out of raw vegetables. Raw vegetables are not healthy as steamed or properly cooked vegetables because we can't break down the fiber. The steaming opens up the fibers and allows us to absorb more nutrients from the vegetables. Raw always seems to be some, it's a myth. Raw seems to be so natural, but it's not healthy. You get more nutrition out of cooked, properly cooked, properly cooked, not cooked to death or boiled to death, but properly steamed, and then save the water. After you steam it, you can make soup because there will be some residues, nutritional residues, that are in the water. Now, when you steam white ginseng, the old Korean traditional preparation, what does it, red, what does it do to red ginseng? Well, it is a very powerful energy production. Increases energy. It improves focus and attention. It boosts libido and sex drive for men and women. And it modulates, that means balances, blood pressure. So if you have high blood pressure, ginseng can help lower it correctly. It improves the metabolism. That's how we regulate the metabolic syndrome. It improves our immune function. It fights cold and flu. It fights inflammation. Increases resistance to cold and flu. Prevents and alleviates the side effects of cancer and the cancer drugs. This is very powerful and provides a tremendous benefit for the metabolic syndrome of the body and the, whole, the entire metabolism of the body. And it makes it more functional to make sure that we are getting the best results for our health. So red ginseng is a very powerful Cure-all, as the word panics indicates and provides nutritional value.
So this is really extremely beneficial. So we're going to give you more of this information, so don't go anywhere. We got a whole hour yet to talk about why this is so valuable, why it's so powerful, and why it can give you so many more benefits for improving the health of your body. So more on red ginseng. Well, red ginseng boosts the immune response. We want a strong immune system. The immune system is like the army of a city or an army of a country and a, and a police force of the city. They fight to lower crime. They fight against foreign invasion. And we occasionally have a foreign invasion of a bacteria or a virus or a fungus. The immune system responds and destroys the virus lowers the bacteria, stops fungal infection, all kinds of infection. And researchers compared red ginseng for the immune response against COVID infection and against COVID vaccination in people who were treated with red ginseng versus people who were not treated with red ginseng and were given a fake pill. Each subject received an initial vaccination plus two boosters over a six-month period. And during that period, the red ginseng group received three grams of red ginseng daily throughout the study. Now, three grams is what was used in the study. Now science has discovered a whole new way to make a stronger red ginseng and reduce that three grams to down to about 200 to 400 milligrams. This is very exciting. But the result of this study, even with three grams, the immune response was up 13% higher in the red ginseng group. And why does that why is that important? Well, the effects were highest from red ginseng in people over the age of 50. Anti-aging. Older adults typically have a weaker response, immune response. So the addition of red ginseng at that time may be more helpful for people in this age group because they are so underactive in their immune system that it can raise it more effectively at that age group who choose to be vaccinated. And red ginseng increases fitness. There was a study done in Armenia. Very elite athletes both men and women from the Armenian national weightlifting team. They were competitors at the highest level, including the European national championship. They started with 10 days of exercise, taking no supplementation, no supplements. Then after three days of rest, 
after the 10 days, they were giving ginseng capsules, 400 milligrams. And part of that group did not receive the ginseng capsules. They received a chewable tablet of 100 milligrams for 10 days with a one-week washout period between the two. So each group, one group got 400 milligrams in a capsule. The other half of the group got a 100 milligram chewable tablet for 10 days. Then they waited one week so those supplements would wash out of the system. And they reversed it. So the measurements during each 10-day cycle and during this fitness exercise program, they did barbell squats and push-ups with increasing repetitions and weight. And they were evaluated on their fatigue and muscle soreness. Both dosages were quite effective, reducing fatigue measured as muscle soreness, the effects were slightly faster and more effective with a chewable form, about three to four times more effective. So the 100 milligram chewable tablet was equal to 400 milligrams of the capsules of red ginseng. So the chewable form with a better delivery system because the ginseng in the tubal tablet was complex with a form of starch made from natural food that created a gamma cyclodextrin that was complex to the ginseng to increase absorption about four times greater, more stable, and works more effectively at a faster rate. Fitness improved in both groups, but the red ginseng chewable tablets did it with less dosages. So here's another great red ginseng energy boost. This was a study done with 188 people that experienced chronic fatigue, especially after COVID-19. They experienced chronic fatigue or fibromyalgia, and they took a whole root red ginseng, which is highly strengthened with rare jacinocytes for one month. The dosage was one capsule or one chewable tablet daily. The subjects in the study were allowed to increase the two per day if desired, and if they thought it was necessary, to help reduce the chronic fatigue or fibromyalgia. Now the results of this study, the half of the people that took the Chubal tablet were able to increase their energy level and reduce the symptoms of fibromyalgia with just one Chubal tablet daily. The other half of the subjects of the study that took one capsule 
they felt the one capsule wasn't sufficient, so many of them desired to increase to two capsules daily. So the results of the study, 60% of the subjects in the study experienced significant improvement. 67% of the subject increased energy levels and reduced chronic fatigue. 72% improved in stamina. 48% improvement in mental clarity. Now, what could you do with a lot more energy, with a high level of stamina, with 48% better improvement in mental clarity, concentration, able to think better, reduce memory loss, improve mental, mental capacity? What would you do better? Everything. Whether you're taking care of the kids, on the job, or whatever it might be, you're going to be better, much, much better. Now, how do you find the quality ginseng that was used in the study? Well, researchers tested 80 ginseng samples for pesticide residue. Ginseng is a crop that is farmed domestically. It takes six years for a ginseng crop to grow before they harvest it. So if you're going to plant ginseng root and allow it to grow for six years, you don't want to find at the end of six years that your crop was a failure. That is not a very good return on your investment. So to ensure, because ginseng has a lot of fungus, a lot of mold, and a lot of pests that damage the ginseng over a six-year period. So a crop domestically grown is sprayed with pesticide over and over and over again. I'll give you an example. When they spray the ginseng and they test the ginseng for pesticide residue, they found 246 different pesticides on the crop of ginseng. 246 different pesticides over a six-year period. 78% of the samples of ginseng were found positive for a fungicide that is commonly used in China. So if you buy ginseng from China, you know it's going to be heavily sprayed. And even in the United States. I come from the state of Wisconsin. And they grow ginseng in Wausau, Wisconsin. And they spray it over and over and over again. Now this fungicide that is commonly and widely used in China in the United States, they still use this fungicide, but it's limited, has limited approval, primarily for U.S. golf courses, for cotton, and potatoes. Now, cotton is not a food crop. 
but yet we still use cottonseed oil in many of our food items because it's so cheap. But it's contaminated with pesticide residues. Golf course turf. You're walking on it, who knows what you're walking through. And potatoes? Well, of course, that's almost in every meal, right? French fries galore. They're sprayed with this fungicide to prevent damage for the crop. Now, how do you find a clean, absolutely free of spraying of pesticide? Well, there is a new ginseng on the market today. It's hydroponically grown. Does not require any pesticides or chemicals and no exposure to fungicides. This is hydroponically grown in Europe. It's an optimal conditions to produce high concentrations of the rare noble jacinocytes, the powerful biologically active compounds in ginseng. And 100 milligrams is equal to 2,000 milligrams of farm-raised ginseng. And it's equivalent to 20-year-old wild ginseng. So when do you want to use red ginseng? Well, based on the studies, if you're experiencing chronic fatigue or just fatigue, tired, exhausted, just stressed out, a lot of tension, and you have a lower weakened immune system, and if you're challenged by, well, like for students, for example, Students are challenged to be mentally fit. They study all the time. If you want to increase your memory level, increase your concentration, be able to be a better student, better athlete. Students require mental agility. And athletes require stamina, endurance, So a good dosage of the red ginseng, 200 to 400 milligrams daily, or 100 milligrams of the chewable red ginseng. The chewable is more stable, more quickly and better absorbed. And this will improve your sex drive, your libido. And for the men, a good combination of 300 milligrams of red ginseng with apple extract, grape polyphenols, plus saffron and zinc would be a good combination for men. And for the ladies, combining 300 milligrams of red ginseng with maca, rhodiola, ashwagandha, and zinc would be a good daily dosage of red ginseng. I've got to take a break, but we'll come back right after these messages. In just a moment, so stay right where you are. I'll be right back. And welcome back, my friends. This is Terry Naturally with Terry Talks Nutrition. We're here until the top of the hour. We have a lot more coming your way and a lot of good information. And just to think about what you can do nutritionally, food-wise, 
exercise, sleep. Many of these are the natural principles of nature to provide a body that is strong, healthy, vibrant, and long-living. So I want to start off this half hour with the subject on inflammation. Inflammation is not bad for us. This is my take. This is my opinion. Everybody wants to reduce inflammation, right? But inflammation is not bad for us. Even though I've seen dozens and dozens of journalists, authors, Time Magazine, all of them, Inflammation is bad. There are drugs to lower inflammation. There are natural products to lower inflammation. But inflammation is not the cause of a disease. It's not the cause of anything. It's a healing mechanism that comes to our aid to heal something. If you sprain your knee or ankle or twist your knee, or slam your finger in a car door. That's an injury. And you will see inflammation in action to heal that damaged area, the ankle, the knee, the finger. And you'll find that area warm to the touch, swollen, painful. That's inflammation at work to heal that damaged area. So there's a cause that creates inflammation. The cause is the sprain, the twist, and the car door slamming on the finger. And in a few weeks, that inflammation is gone because that area has been healed by inflammation. Inflammation didn't cause it. Inflammation comes there to put out the damage. That's like the fireman coming to put out the fire. We can't blame the firemen just because they're there. But we blame inflammation just because it's there. It's not the damaging tool. It's a healing tool. We need inflammation to work if we're sick. But why are we sick? Well, we know in an injury, we know what caused the damage. We turned our ankle. We twisted our knee hiking. We slammed the car door on our finger. But once the area has been healed, inflammation is gone. So why do we have all this inflammation? Why do we have chronic inflammation? There are a number of causes that precedes the inflammation. Inflammation only comes to a level in our body to match the damage. So we have to stop the damage. So we have to stop slamming our finger on the car, slamming our finger in the car door. We have to stop twisting our knee, stop turning our ankle. We won't have any more inflammation. So what are we doing 
to create chronic inflammation. Here are some primary causes. And if you don't stop the causes, you're going to have more inflammation. That's why we have chronic inflammation all the time because that inflammation is there all the time to try to heal the damage. And in the American diet, the damage is caused by carbohydrates. Yes, carbohydrates cause inflammation because they're excessive of what our body can handle. And sugar, the number one cause of inflammation. Vegetable oils, or more commonly should be called seed oils, like soybean, corn, peanut, canola oil, all the oils, safflower seed oil, sunflower seed oil, all these oils are high, very high in omega-6 fatty acids. Our omega-6 fatty acid is 30 times more than normal in the American diet. The American diet is what is called SAD, S-A-D, Standard American Diet. There are markers in our body that can be tested, and it's called the C-reactive protein, CRP. C, like the letter C, reactive protein. There's a protein in our body. When you measure that protein, and if it's very high, that shows there's a very high level of inflammation. So don't try to get rid of the inflammation. Get rid of the cause of the inflammation. And the cause is the diet. The number one cause in America of inflammation is the diet. And we can change the diet. Drastically lower the carbohydrates. Avoid sugar at all costs. Avoid all vegetable oils. Switch to olive oil, which is anti-inflammatory, reduces inflammation because it corrects the components in the body that cause inflammation. And you can even correct high cholesterol. Researchers looked at over 13,000 patients with high inflammation markers, C-reactive protein. And they had high LDL cholesterol levels who were being treated with a statin drug alternative for lowering cholesterol. You don't want to lower cholesterol. That's another issue, another story, another time. But you don't want to lower your cholesterol. So after three years of treatment, the patients who had the highest inflammation levels had nearly twice the risk of experiencing cardiovascular disease, including heart attack or stroke, versus people with high LDL cholesterol levels. Now, you don't want to lower your cholesterol. Your cholesterol is a friend as well as the inflammation. Now, inflammation chronically will cause chronic damage and eventually will wear out tissue or damage your heart or damage your liver. Yes, inflammation causes damage, but there's a reason to have inflammation. And until we are ready to get rid of the cause of the inflammation, we're not going to make any headway. You're going to be taking a drug all the time or a natural substance all the time. And I've seen people switch their diet 
from American standard diet to the ketogenic diet or the paleo diet, which both diets reduce drastically carbohydrates and increases protein levels and fats, good fats, olive oil, macadamia nut oil, peanut oil, excuse me, pecan oil, macadamia nut oil. These are omega-9 fatty acids, not omega-6. Omega-6 is a pro-inflammatory marker. And people with high inflammation, high inflammatory processes, also had increased risk of dying from heart disease, specifically increased risk of death from any cause. But versus those with low LDL levels and low C-reactive protein, having high LDL cholesterol did not, let me repeat that, did not increase the risk of death from heart heart disease or death from any cause. Leave your cholesterol alone. No one should ever have to take a statin drug. There's nothing wrong with your cholesterol levels. It's just a big money scam. And they keep lowering the level of cholesterol so it increases the, the population that needs, requires, because they lowered the level or the requirement of a sad drug to treat high cholesterol. High cholesterol was 240 at one time. Then it was 220. Now it's 200. The lower they go, the more people, more population in the group that then would require statin drugs. My friends, it's the greatest scam in the world. You are being duped. You're never going to die from high cholesterol. You'll die from inflammation. And you can stop inflammation by changing your diet, by getting more sleep, by exercising. We are upside down in this whole theory of how to gain new health and nutrition. So here is the effect of high blood sugar, just on lifespan, on health span. High blood sugar shortens your life. There's nothing worse than sugar. Next would be vegetable oils. And then all carbohydrates, all carbohydrates, both complex and simple, simple, because they all have to be converted to sugar. The complex just takes more time to be converted, but they're all converted to sugar. We are consuming around 400 to 500 grams of carbohydrates daily in the American diet. It should not be any more than 75 grams of carbohydrates daily. 75. I try to keep mine between 20 and 50 carbohydrates daily. So sugar shortens your life. The scientific research has combined the data from over two very large international studies of over 1.5 million people. Subjects. 
when they looked at the effects of age, when type 2 diabetes was diagnosed, they found that the younger the person, when diagnosed, the shorter or greater reduction of their life. So when you're diagnosed with type 2 early in life, it shortens your lifespan, shortens your longevity. Now what they found out is that if they diagnosed you with type 2 diabetes, you have lost six years of your life. Six years of your life. And if you were diagnosed with type 2 diabetes at the age of 30 or around that period, you have reduced your lifespan, your longevity by 14 years. Drugs are just keeping people alive. They're not keeping people healthy. There's no drug that promotes health. You have to do it with food, my friends. And the American diet is not worth your intake for nutrition. And during all this period of diagnosing lifespan, the most common cause of death in that period of time was cardiovascular related. Heart attacks or strokes and then followed by cancer. So we need to change our diet. You need, I, I, I shouldn't say you need, I've, I'm not here to tell you what to do. All I can do is say, if you really want to be healthy, increase your level of protein. Protein actually increases your lifespan. As we get older, we need more protein, not less protein. It improves our muscle strength. Our muscles will improve our lifespan, our length of longevity. We need more quality fats. And I really think of all the fats, the best you can do is olive oil. And I wrote a new book on olive oil. It helps you select the right olive oil for you. It gives you all the causes of why you should be taking olive oil daily. In the Mediterranean countries, they are known for less cancer, less heart disease, less strokes, less diseases than compared to the Western world. And most authors or scientific experts always say that the Mediterranean diet is better because they eat less meat. Hogwash. Their diet is better because they consume high levels of polyphenols, which are extremely healthy for the body. And where do they get those polyphenols? Lots of fruits and vegetables, nuts and seeds in their diet. Olive oil and red wine. There has never been a study to determine the right diet. But if you look observationally, at the countries that have the longest lifespan, longest health span. These are the kind of foods they eat routinely. 
fruits, vegetables, olive oil, and red wine, along with fish and some meat. It's a very, very healthy diet. But primarily, just dropping your carbohydrates down below 75 grams daily. Within three to six months, all of that inflammation will be drastically reduced, significantly reduced. You'll have less pain, less trauma, less heart attacks, less strokes, less all diseases. Sugar and carbohydrates feed our body, and eventually those diseases are the result of the American diet. And then get more supplements. And one of them would be vitamin D. You probably aren't getting enough vitamin D. Vitamin D is so underdosed and understood. A new study reports that the official vitamin D intake, the recommendations for vitamin D, by the FDA is 600 to 800 IUs daily, international units, are way too low and might explain why studies using this dosage have not found benefits for vitamin D intakes. Over 300 subjects received targeted vitamin D supplementation Dosage was increased on an individual level until each subject or person tested over 40 nanograms per milliliter of blood. Now, 40 nanograms, I don't believe is enough. Doctors like it 30 to 40. The alternative physicians who greatly more understand vitamin D supplementation wanted between 60 and 80 nanograms per milliliter of blood. But there are results, even at 40, far better. So I really ask you to get a test for your vitamin D levels. You'll never know how much vitamin D levels and how much it'll bring up in your body until you have it tested. Your doctor can do that. You can go to a lab or send it into a online lab to have your vitamin D levels tested. Now, the results of this 300-person study, 86% of the subjects needed more than 2,000 IU daily and 14% required over 10,000 daily to reach 40 nanograms per milliliter. And it takes three to six months of using vitamin D's supplementation before any participants reach the study level, the goal level of vitamin D. I was taking 10,000 
units of vitamin D daily. And I have a very good friend that's an alternative physician. I like to work with her when I want to know something from an alternative perspective. I wanted to know what my vitamin D level was. I was taking 10,000. And it was barely over 40 nanograms. So I doubled the dosage to 20 international units, 20,000. And now it's up in the 80s nanograms per milliliter of blood. So I really encourage you to get your level tested. I have another person that I worked with that was taking 5,000 international units daily. And their level of blood, of vitamin D level in their blood was 16 nanograms. You'll never know how much vitamin D is in your body until you test. It's that critical, that important, and I would highly encourage you to have your vitamin D levels tested. Now I'm going to end up this program on magnesium. Three reasons why you should be taking more magnesium. Well, for number one, especially for your heart, and to keep your blood pressure levels normal. A review of 10 studies in over 200,000 people found that increasing the intake of magnesium protects against high blood pressure. Every 100 milligram daily increase in dietary magnesium was linked to a 5% reduction in high blood pressure risk. Just a 2 to 3% point drop in blood pressure can reduce stroke risk by up to 12%. And number two of these three top reasons for using magnesium, especially for your muscles, to prevent muscle spasms and cramping. Low magnesium levels leads to a hyper-responsive neuromuscular activity. So in other words, muscle tremors, spasms, weakness. For example, restless leg syndrome. If you're trying to treat restless leg syndrome, Absolutely magnesium, but also add iron. The two of them actually will cure restless leg syndrome. Magnesium stabilizes nerve fibers and stops cramping, contractions of the muscles, which is like a spasm. Sometimes it, that's one, one of the reasons you have a bad back because the muscles cramp, they go into a spasm. If you cough a lot, or your children don't have a cold, but they cough a lot at night, 
It's a lack of magnesium. The muscles go into contraction and cause a cough. And for your mood, number three. What can we do for our mood? Well, number three is to relieve anxiety and depression. Low magnesium levels have been linked to increased risk of depression and anxiety disorders. And you know that 90% of Americans are deficient in magnesium. 90%. There was an eight-week study of otherwise healthy people with high stress levels. The high stress levels actually deplete magnesium. But they supplemented magnesium alone. But also in a combination with vitamin B6. And reduced the symptoms of anxiety and depression by 50%. Now, there are various forms of magnesium. Magnesium as a dietary supplement is found in many forms. Magnesium citrate, which is a combination of magnesium and citric acid. Magnesium oxide, magnesium plus oxygen. Magnesium hydroxide, also known as milk of magnesium. These forms of magnesium are extremely poorly absorbed and are I would say, pretty much junk. And in fact, some of them have laxative effects. Doctors recommend always magnesium oxide. Well, if you use it, you're going to get diarrhea. Now, the one you really want to use that will not cause diarrhea, that will give you the best form of magnesium, is called, called magnesium bis-glycinate chelate. It's a, it's a magnesium that's bound to an amino acid, very well absorbed, no laxative effects. And when you combine with vitamin B6 as pyridoxal 5-phosphate, P5P, and zinc for blood pressure and heart benefits, and more and more magnesium is one of the top minerals you can put into your body for good health. That, my friends... This is right down to the to the wire. I'm all almost out of time, so just say a prayer for this crazy, crazy world. God bless you, my friends. Start working on your health today. God bless this great country. Thank you for listening to Terry Talks Nutrition Weekly Show. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple, Google, and iHeartRadio.